0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome along to episode number five of Double Tap. Every single day here on AMI-audio and on podcast. We're here for Wednesday the 7th of September. The Apple event is looming, but today it is games we're talking about. Yeah, I know. Games? Games? games
0: you're listening to double time your daily accessible technology show now here's your hosts Stephen scott and sean
1: priest oh yes sean priest is here we're talking about games today i have no idea why who who came up with this idea yeah way to sell the topic there Stephen. games
2: oh Oh. no yeah games they are so cool it's the uh the the number
1: one form of entertainment in the world in you know, a stat that i just made up. Oh well done, well done. Yeah, i can do that too. Um i'm 100% not interested. There you go. <laughs> Is that a stat? Uh no, listen, it's one of those things isn't it because when it comes to gaming, i tend to find i'd get bored very quickly at the, the prospect of games because i, I you no know, it's just like i i'm not going to be able to enjoy them, right? I mean, it's you know, these like i think of Call of Duty. That's the one i always remember people talking mm. about Call of Duty and stuff. oh, it's amazing and you're a soldier. And, you know, I get the impression mm-hmm. the graphics on these things are incredible. Yes. But it doesn't matter how good they are. still can't see them. Yes, And it's yes. not we... to be able to play. I mean, like if, if the whole thing was played in stills, yeah. I'd probably be okay.
2: <laughs> well, we need the old Atari days where it used to be mm. four colours. You know, I'm thinking a pole position where it was a <laughs> black road position. on a bright green grass <laughs> on each side. I could just about follow that. Outrun. That was mine. Outrun. Oh, I see. Space Harrier, Outrun 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, the, I must admit, I, I was into these and then, you know, as your eyesight goes, that, that's it. You just lose interest because you can't play them or, I mean, I have played Call, Call of Duty when, uh, like, the first one. And it was just a case of, oh, I'm getting shot. I have no idea where it's coming from. And it it, it just echoed real life so much because I'm just following walls, feeling for doors. It was just so frustrating. So, hey, look, these games are becoming more accessible. Like mm. in, in other sectors, in other segments, in other genres, accessibility is being listened to slowly. But uh, hey, it's coming about.
1: So uh, yeah, it's very interesting times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we're going to talk with uh, Sightless Combat today. That is his real name. Is it though? It is. I'm going to be talking to him just in, in the second half of the show because I don't know, you've got something to do today, I believe, because uh, you're clearly not yes. hanging around for that. So fine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Re- left me to talk about the gaming. Um, <laughs> we're in perfectly <laughs> safe hands. It'll be You're fine. such a
2: fan. Yes. Oh, I,
1: I'm so excited. I literally just can't hide it. Uh, now, if I press this button, that's the wrong one. So hang on. Well, done. No, that's the wrong one. How is that possible? <laughs> How is that the wrong one? Love. Hang up. on. Where's the button? Bear with us, the news. There it is.
2: Hey, so ridiculous. Uh, How
1: does this thing work? I have honestly no idea. Early days. <sighs> yeah. It's only episode it's, five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. That. Okay. Well done. So, you've only been doing this for about five years, but you know. It's all yeah, new, right? We're still right? F- we're, all, we're, we're still finding
2: doing... our feet. <laughs> One our day buttons. we'll learn how
1: this thing works. I have no idea. <laughs> I just come in here and press buttons and hope for the best. Um, that's pretty much my whole career. Am I allowed to know that? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, we do have news. Big news. In fact, breaking news. I think if I press this button.
0: Oh, breaking news. Oh, there you breaking go. News. You
1: see? How cool flick. is that? We... <laughs> <laughs> we've got it all here, you know. Um, if you know where it is. Uh, Google announces a big event, Pixel 7 event, on October 6th. Hooray! Okay, now, fine. No,
2: no, <laughs> the reason I'm... Doesn't it just seem like two minutes ago that the 6A came out?
1: Or what am I, I... Thinking, yeah. I actually it's thought they'd just... announced the 7 already. I thought it was... Everyone's been talking about the 7. Um, I kind of thought it had <laughs> already happened. I didn't realise this was still to come. Well, Google seemed to throw out
2: all the information beforehand, you know, leaked in air quotes, because Google usually do it themselves. But, mm. well, allegedly. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I love the Pixel range. So fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know. It just seems, wow, is it that time already? But then again, iPhone 14. So, you know.
1: It's so funny because we're, <sighs> we're actually, as we, as we talk, um, on on this day, on this very day, I am getting a Pixel 6a sent through from Google to have a play with. So it's kind of funny <laughs> well, that... <laughs> that I'm super I can't behind. Wait for your review. <laughs> I think they're just clearing out the warehouse. It's a case of just get rid of it, you know, send it over because we've got we've got to put these sevens somewhere. So, yeah, I think there's a seven. I think there's a seven Pro coming as well. I think this is also where we might see the rumored, long rumored uh, Pixel Watch. Now that is appealing. That does sound quite interesting. Yes. If they've got the processing right inside, and uh, look, we've had a, a, a chat with Google. You and I had a, a really interesting conversation with Christopher Patno. Um, that conversation coming soon to Double Tap TV. Some very interesting uh, words there. And we may even tease some of those words on this program because there's quite a lot he's been talking about in regards to the controversy around Braille and TalkBack in the uh, new version of Android, Android 13. So really um, lots to talk about there. Uh, That conversation, though, coming up on a future edition. But, you know, we did ask to talk to Google about... The watch, and nobody was prepared to talk about it at that point. So it's hush hush; they're not allowed to talk about it. They it's said. not out yet. They said so they can't talk about it. So as soon as uh, it's out, mm-hmm. I imagine nobody will say a word about it. So yeah, I, I think they're just going to go. leave it there, just, like, just put it there and see what happens. If anyone wants to, you know, buy one. Yeah, anyone notices?
2: Well, look, you know, so far we have only really got the Apple Watch. Maybe that's a bit controversial to say, but I think so. When it comes to truly accessible. And I mean accessible in the case of usable as well, mm. um, smartwatches. I think I've got some really
1: hopes for this. I've got some hopes for this, Google Pixel Watch. I hope Watch. so myself. Yeah. I think it's just because it's stock Android, right? So it's not Samsung having a go at it. Oh, nothing wrong with Samsung and what they've done. I mean, look, they got there. Uh, other companies, Huawei and others, yeah, that's, have that's, brought that, them out. But I'm, I'm sorry. Let's that's, that's be brutally honest. You you slaughtered. Oh, I mean, in terms of accessibility, as a blind guy using it, terrible. I wouldn't even yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't advise well, anybody buys one. But that's why I'm saying I'm hopeful that Google will get it right. And as for the other companies, yeah, look, what I mean is they got the product out there. They actually yeah, got something out there. In a, terrible,
0: there. Might a terrible, be terrible,
1: inaccessible
2: but yeah. way. Yeah, well done then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I won't be getting the Watch 5 through. I just have a hunch they're not going to send yes. one through to me. Apparently, sorry, the process sorry. is the same. So it's not the it's not the, oh, it's not a renewed dear. process or certainly not much newer than was in well, the let's Watch hope 4. The software. So
2: has been improved. Maybe they can claw back some responsiveness, some
1: speed. I think it's processing, Sean, I really do. I think it's a processing issue. The software, I mean, look, if it's running off some fork of Android to make Android Wear OS, you know, well, you look at the way that TalkBack performs on a phone, it's fine. So why why would it perform so badly on a watch? And of course, the problem, again, we go back to is that the reason that nothing's really done about this urgently is because there isn't a huge bunch of blind people out there going to buy one who is going to buy a watch that is not going to give you a great experience and i'm not saying that they'll go and buy an apple watch either if you're an android no, person yeah. you, you you won't bother you'll just say forget it i'm not even going to bother spending my money and that means then development is difficult because the companies don't get the feedback um Yes, I, See, suppose. I, I think I made a good point there, didn't I? I think you were. Oh, well, you there. did. Yes, didn't I you? am a little bit. It's a bit of a
2: vicious circle, though, isn't it? Because we're not going to buy it if the accessibility doesn't work well on it, mm. and if they, we don't buy it, then they're not going to put the time into accessibility.
1: I mean, it is. I believe the 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 chicken and the egg. Uh,
2: yeah, and a catch twenty-two. A catch and, forty-eight.
1: Uh, well done, you. Hang on, that's not right. Um, More news. Yeah, let's uh, see what else is in the news. Uh, we will, of course, be covering the event uh, as much as we c- cover the Apple event because, you know, it's only fair to be balanced. Will we, though? Probably not. Um, um, this this certainly doesn't help that case. Uh, the next story, <laughs> more people using iPhones than Androids in the US. Did you see this story? No. Yeah. Right, they, see, that's always been the thing, right? The Android user base
2: is meant to be massive and the, the market share for Apple isn't anywhere near
1: Android. So I'm shocked by this. Go on. So this is an organization called CounterPoint. They've put this research out, and it has come up with a a figure of 50%. So they have now equaled Android in terms of market share in the US. This is specifically US. And look, I mean, every study that comes out, there will always be controversy around the numbers and what those numbers really mean and how many people were asked and all of that stuff. Um, And maybe it's been taken from raw data. You know, obviously, there's a certain amount of data out there so we get a sense of how many people are running these devices. But 50% to me actually seems quite conservative. I thought it would have been a little bit more than that, actually, but 50% makes sense. So, yeah, there you go. It's half and half now. People so, are
2: Android or iPhone. So you're ratifying those results. Well done, Stephen Scott. I'm I going am. to say fake news. That's oh. what I'm going to say. Okay. No, I'm... Uh... Uh, there's some sort of conspiracy I going I on for
1: that. I've only got the news or breaking news. Uh, I don't have a fake news. But...
2: Love to get Mark to make a new jingle. Yeah. Fake news.
1: Get a Rob um, guy now, out.
2: Look, the, the Android, the, the, the fact of the matter is that you can pick up an Android phone at uh, a lesser price. Oh, here we go. I know we got the iPhone. S No, that's the reason. Look, I, it, You could say the UK, you could say America, you could say Canada, where the uh, iPhone is a more affordable option as into you know your earnings but you go to India Africa and, you know these mm-hmm. other countries then Android iPhone are, are barely making an impact right yeah. they are such a status symbol they're so expensive comparatively to your you know your earnings it's it's nowhere near and that's where Android really just dominates so yeah I don't know 50% I, thought, I suppose that's
1: And actually, it's it's places like Africa and India that kind of make the argument that accessibility needs to be better on Android devices. And I'm talking, again, about watches. I I think most people would say that Android accessibility, top-back accessibility, is is good enough. I mean, it's interesting because you know I, I have personally felt that there's been a bit of a regression in Apple accessibility on the Mac and on the iPhone over the past few years. Certainly, more so on the Mac. I just don't feel it's... You know, I was using my PC the other day. I was talking about it and, you know, my Lenovo ThinkPad and I was yeah. kissing it and I was, oh, it was lovely. And I was Oof. having a nice time. And, uh, you know, then I go back Oof. to the Mac and I get to find Oof. it and I'm arrowing up and down the list and it's just nothing. <laughs> or or my favorite is where it tells you a folder name or a file name, let's say, you copy the said file, you paste it wherever else it's going <laughs> and then you and realize it's, it's the wrong one it's because it's kind completely of double different. reading, you know? And it's oh, my Lord. Yeah, because so,
2: your system focus is not your voiceover focus or whatever it is sometimes. Something's you, not I, right
1: there. Just something's not right. Well, We'll see what happens with Ventura. I I'm agree. Not, I'm not hopeful on it, to be honest, but we'll see. Speaking of which, of course, the Apple event is coming up um, today, tonight, wherever you are in the world. It depends on where you are, um, but it will be happening at 1 p.m. Eastern Uh, So just as this show comes to an end on AMI-audio, not forever, Ah. at least I hope. um, Well. You never know, right? God bless Um, you, Mr. F. God bless you, Mr. F, Mr. F, lovely Mr. F. Uh, But yes, we are going to be uh, giving you all the deets. That's what the kids say, I believe. Oh, well done. What's the dealio, I believe the uh, youth say. What's the dealio? I don't think anybody says that, Sean Priest.
2: I think we're a lovely pair of teeth. Before the Apple event, that's, that's
1: good. I'm so happy about that. That's worked out well. Actually, that's quite nice, isn't it? We are an aperitif. That's uh, yeah. That's the yeah. no been said Over before. Over to you,
2: Mr. Cook. There you go. Take it away,
1: Tim. Take it away. Um, yeah, we're, we're the warm up act for Apple. Yes. How cool is that? Um, <laughs> so so shall sorry. we get some feedback because we get lots and lots of your wonderful feedback, and of course, many of you get in touch by email. You can do that by emailing feedback at ami.ca. You can also call one eight seven seven. 803 4567 four five six seven—the coolest number to call. Mm. Well, the, the other correct than it, yeah, one obviously. Uh, uh, one 7- eight seven seven, eight zero three four five six seven. Oh. That is what.
2: Oh, uh, you're you're sticking a bit, aren't you? You're falling over the the last date. I think there.
1: It's, I, I preferred the I preferred the triple eight thing. If I'm being perfectly honest, but yes, you know, the I quadruple eight is very things. good. I, I preferred guess. that. Eighteen uh,
2: seventy seven oh, eight zero three. Forty-five,
1: six, six and a seven. Seven. <laughs> uh, if you remember yeah. that, if you can remember it that way, good. Good on you. Uh One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is the number. It's so funny. I used to work in radio, and the amount of times I would forget the number, or actually, one occasion in my career, I used to work on two stations at once, and I'd forget <gasps> the number, give the
2: wrong number, and I'd
1: give the other one out, and I'd be like, oh, uh, you know, and then good. you got sacked, madam. Well yeah that's why i'm here uh also you can find us across social media at double tap on Air. you can if you want to thank somebody for the reason i exist uh, thank all those radio stations that fired me there you go uh right shall we get some comments <laughs> and emails i think we should yeah let's do that uh let's kick off then an email from greg in quebec
3: hi guys i was listening to last week's podcast and heard Stephen's review of the beats earbuds and his mention of the lossless and spatial audio Apple has made a big deal out of spatial audio, even offering up some audio demos to show off how cool it is. But is it that big of a deal? Will this only satisfy a true audiophile while the rest of us won't care? What are your thoughts? Greg from Quebec.
1: Well, that's a good question, right? Um, How 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 good is it all? You think it's all nonsense?
2: Well, I just got some AirPod Pros, right? Okay. Oh, this is good, right? And okay, so
1: let's let's get your take on this.
2: Literally, you know, a, a few days, and uh, I love them. By but I've been playing with the spatial audio. I don't understand it. I just don't. The the option to track your device. Why? What is that for? Am yeah. I being thick? What? No, I, I don't, no. So I'm watching Apple TV, and the phone's in front of me. And then if I move it to the left, it sounds like it's coming from. Who cares? Why do I need that? <laughs> I don't understand. Look, the spatial audio technology itself—very. Um, like, it sounds great. I did listen to. I can't remember what it was now on Apple TV. I can't remember. I think it was cool as I went back, but um, oh, whatever yeah. it was, it sounded really nice with spatial audio on. Um, but I just don't understand the tracking the device thing. It's really odd to me. I, I, I don't know if that's for something coming up down the line. You know, like uh, something to do with augmented reality i have no idea but yeah i I agree i think spatial
1: audio sounds cool but it's it's not blowing me away well it really is to give you a sense of place i think that's the whole idea because when you've got the if you're watching and this is the thing for us as blind people i don't know if there's any value here really if you're if you're the kind of person who like i do and i think you're the same right you you take your device you start playing something and then you take your device and put it off to the side and then that's right that's it start eating Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I can use my hands for other things other than holding a tablet in front of my face all night. Um, You know, so that's good, right? You can use it for that. But I wonder for most people, if you're sitting holding the iPad in front of you or the iPhone or whatever it is, do you maybe get more out of it? Does it give you more of a sense of you're not wearing the AirPods? Because I think that's the whole point, right? It's to almost give you the sense of you're not wearing the device. And in fact, this sound is coming at you like it would from a TV or say a cinema screen. I think that's the idea.
2: Yeah, well, I wouldn't want that. I want it to, I want to hear, it's better wearing the device, right? I don't want to hear like it's over there. Why would I want to do that for? I think we should also I they should wear also the device.
1: Make it more realistic. Have someone like, chewing on the right-hand side or, you know, someone, I don't know, phone ringing or the, 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 the snoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it more realistic if you're going to do that. Um, is it worth buying the devices for? I don't know. I mean, really, I think the, the AirPods Pro in particular, and I know we're likely to see in the Apple event, the AirPods Pro 2. Um, I think I'd rather hang on for those, uh, you know, if I was going to get them or, you know, if you're buying the AirPods Pro, you've got a great device there. And the sound off it yeah. alone, you don't need spatial audio. Um, it's not just the sound though. I mean, the sound is great on them
2: and the, you know, the transparency mode is great. I was well, in shop yeah. with them the other day. But they are just so stable and and reliable. And that's the thing, you know, you, they, they pair straight away when you... Take them out uh, if you're on a call already on the handset, and then you take them out and put them in your ears. The call transfers straight away. Uh, they just they work really well, reliable and stable, and and that's that for me
1: is, is one of the best things. Okay, and let's, they sound great as well. Yeah, let's get another uh, email, and this is from Rebecca.
3: Okay, I agree with Stephen. The <laughs> iPhone SE twenty twenty is a great device. Yeah, I love the home button. I am going to get an Mm. iPad Mini because I like the sound of the iPad speakers I've heard before, Mm. and there are apps that can be done on the iPad that will not work on the M1. (laughs) I am also just curious about the iPad in general, but don't want the larger ones. At the time of writing this email, Best Buy doesn't have the iPad Mini 5 available in my area, so I'll wait to see if an iPad Mini 6 is available. What are your thoughts on using the iPad as a blind person? I like the size of the iPad Mini. I finally decided to get an iPad mini for $281. I can still get Apple Care protection, and I like the smaller size.
1: No, I should say, we actually grouped a number of those emails together. Uh, in case you think, wow, that was a quick decision uh, through the course of the email, it was, should I buy it? It's not in stock. I've bought one. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we grouped those emails from Rebecca together. Yes. Throughout the process, Rebecca. And we appreciate that, Rebecca. Thank you. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the. Uh, the, the devices are, are interesting. The iPhone SE, you're absolutely right, is the, is a fantastic uh, phone. I will not hear anything bad said about it. And spend any time mm. outside of the house with one of these uh, devices with Face ID and you will realize how much you hate everything and everybody. I'll give you an example. Well, There's a recent, yeah, update, on, on. recent yeah. update, which must be recent because I do not remember this at all. Now when you do a FaceTime call, or a FaceTime audio call, actually, with your AirPods in and your phone's in your pocket, and you say, FaceTime audio, Sean Priest. it'll say, you need to unlock your iPhone first. Why? Why oh, do I need yeah, to unlock my iPhone? For
2: what purpose? That is so funny. I said that today, trying to open Soundscape as I was going out the door. Yeah. You need to unlock your yeah. Why?
1: <laughs> I know. That makes no yes. sense. I mean, you know, it, it, surely if the device, I mean, I've got the Apple Watch on, right? So surely that could help authenticate does it need to have Face ID? And I was yeah. even thinking, do I turn Face ID off? But then that means I've got to always be putting in that, that code. And I guess, actually, it wouldn't make any difference. I guess the same would, well, would it be the same? I, I must go back and yes,
2: check. Yes, it would be, yes. You, you still need to ID. unlock your phone.
1: Right, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible.
2: But Touch ID is so much easier, right? Because you just stick your
1: hand in your pocket. Well, that's um, right. You don't have to pull the phone out and try and get the thing live all up and yeah, yeah, all that nonsense.
2: All right. Okay. As I'll for iPads, give it
1: to you. as for iPad Minis, though, um, I do like the iPad Mini, and strangely, it's kind of funny. Right, the way I have mine set up is the voiceover I use on my iPad Mini is much slower. I use, I think, Siri Voice Five, which I think is really good, and um, I use it at a much slower speed. So it's kind of like it's it's being I'm treating it more like that leisure device that I think it is. I'm not using it to, you know, work with. I'm using it to consume yeah. content. Um, yeah. Is there a need for it? Well laid back. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But but I'll be honest, is there a need for it? No. I don't think there is. I mean, look, I think the only thing I would say is it's sometimes nice to put your phone down. I think there's something um mentally pleasing about putting your device down over there. Um and also, picking up a bigger one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but do you know I mean just it's almost like right, I'm done with that, now I'll pick this up, you know, rather than it's always I'm always on this thing. I'm done
2: with that phone. I'll put that down. I'll go and spend time with my wife. Oh, no, I won't. I'll pick up an iPad instead. Yes, of course. Yes, absolutely. Just one more Facebook watch video
1: before I go. Hey, listen, who who are we kidding? Our wives are doing exactly the same thing. Yes. My mother-in-law sits with about 12 devices, and basically it's because the battery dies, on one she goes to the next one, then she goes to the next one, and then the next one, and just has all these chargers plugged in all over the place. It's so funny. I I totally get it. I totally get that. And me. And look, using
2: VoiceOver, I haven't used VoiceOver, I haven't used an iPad since what? Wow, the iPad 3.
1: Yeah, Um, the first one, yeah.
2: But, you know, because of the layout, the the columns that they sometimes have there, you know, and the bigger screen, it can be more difficult sometimes. You can lose your way a little bit, I find, using the iPad. Mm. I haven't used an iPad mini though, but I'm still assuming the layout is the same with columns and things, so... Um, it can be a little bit more challenging, but, you know, it, it's something you soon get used to.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, let us know how you got on with it, Rebecca. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts because, um, you know, someone who's totally blind, I often think what would be the value except it's just more real estate to get lost on, right? Um, yeah, just get another iPhone SE. Just well, get two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, really? find the, I find the iPhone Pro Max too big. So, well... You're welcome to send it over. You, know. you want that as well? Yes. Anything else you want from my house? But nothing uh, left in here.
2: <laughs> Thank you very
1: much. Uh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of stuff, by the way, I didn't buy anything this week, but I did get sent something. Um, so Freedom Scientific Vespero via Sight and Sound Technology in the UK very kindly sent me uh, a Peril camera. Uh, the, this is the camera that connects with Jaws and Peril. Um, yes. Not no, as, as in peril, in peril in on danger. the sea. No, uh, no peril as in. uh that. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Peril as in peril. Yeah. as in
2: as in a pearl brooch or something. Yes, pearl. that's right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. As in found in an oyster, I think,
1: or a clam. I don't know.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, that whatever that is. The precious um,
2: jewel yeah. stone. Wow. Anyway, Sorry. I'll be
1: talking about it on the show at some point, so we'll look, look forward <laughs> to that. Um, and I'll tell you my thoughts. Why did they send you that? Because I asked them to send me one. I wanted to try as I thought. Oh, of course you funny. asked. Yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. If okay. You don't ask, you don't get, as my mum used to say. Uh, look, anyway, stick around. We are going to be talking to Sightless Combat all about gaming, in particular The Last of Us Part 1 and its accessibility. The re-release for PlayStation 5 is way more accessible, so we're looking forward to talking about that. Keep your feedback coming as well. Email feedback at ami.ca or call us on 1877 803 4567. Sean will be back with you for the Apple event coverage tomorrow. So excited. That's it. I'm off. I'm going to go peril diving. Enjoy.
2: Apparently.
0: (laughs)
1: let gaming. Yes, I know when uh, you hear the names Stephen Scott, and then you hear the word gaming, and then you put them together. Most people run in fear. Because, because it's me, right? Gaming? Are you kidding? Stephen Scott talking about gaming? Yes, I am. And I'm joined today, thankfully, by someone... Who knows what they're talking about and that is <laughs> sightless combat who is joining us yes that is his name sightless combat is joining double tap hello how are you today
4: hello steven i am doing very well thank you thank you so much for having me here always appreciate these uh these kinds of opportunities to spread awareness of you know gaming without sight in my particular case you have got no vision gaming
1: you've got no vision at all yeah. right
4: Yep, I have never had any sight whatsoever, and even up to recently, I've still had people saying, uh, you're partially blind, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't play video games. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> but that's...
1: And actually, you know what? As assumptions go, for a long time, that's actually been a pretty fair one. Would you agree?
4: Mm, well, I would I would say it's mostly through, you know, the fact that, you know, that a lot of people say, oh, you know, blind people can see something, and that's why I started using the term gamer without sight in the first place because you know people said oh you're a blind gamer right and then they said so how much can you see and i'd say i can't see anything and they, they just didn't quite get it so i started having to say look i'm a gamer without sight because legal blindness which is often just shortened to being blind can and often does include usable and or residual vision which i've never had so you know once i clear that up most people get it there are still a few that don't and you'd hope that you know going by sightless combat you know as a as a handle would would help but uh, unfortunately it it still sometimes leads to confusion but that's kind of why i enjoy doing what i do you know showing you know through youtube videos through streams through reviews through other content as well just showing people how it works when you've never had any sight and you can still play video games and do reasonably well And uh, what I should point out as well is that I am, as of recently, the Accessible Gaming and Immersive Technologies Research Officer for RNIB in the UK as well. So essentially, uh, for those of you that may have heard of me before that, uh, what my role is now is essentially what I used to do, but on a larger scale with the backing of the organisation. So the content I'm producing is hopefully going to reach a a wider audience of people who might not know that gaming is within their, you know, within possibility for them. So that's always fun to see new people getting into it.
1: Yeah, I have to say, when I heard that the role was coming up, I mean, obviously, I was thinking, what a perfect job for me. You know, as a, as a guy who knows nothing about gaming, that would be perfect, right? I could just go in there and swan in and pretend. You know, is Pac-Man accessible? I mean, you know, could we start there maybe? I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think it's great. And maybe we maybe we should start there in your story because a lot of people do know your name. A lot of people will know who you are, Sightless. Uh, you know, that your name is synonymous with accessible gaming, I know you're all over Twitter. I know you, Steve Saylor, (laughs) Ian Hamilton. These are all these names who I hear who are real authorities when it comes to accessible gaming. When you guys say it's accessible or if you guys have an issue with something, I'm listening and I'm taking it seriously because you know what you're talking about. You're doing this all the time. Um, I got very excited recently about the, the driving game. I'm trying to remember the name of it there's a driving game
4: uh forza horizon five that's the one maybe? forza yeah. horizon
1: five and i got really excited about it and i was like oh it's accessible it's accessible and then i had people like ian getting in touch saying uh hold on just just hold on a little minute there it's not quite as accessible as you're making out uh and, me- <laughs> and he's any he, you know what and it's good to be picked up on with these things right because you guys are playing these games you know how these things work what what do you think is the state of gaming in this regard? You know, in terms of games like Forza Horizon Five, we're going to talk today about Last of Us Part One. Um, mm. You know, what is the state of gaming at the moment? And you know, when it comes to gaming with these big games, we're talking here the kind of <laughs> I think you call it triple A, don't they? The triple A, yeah,
4: triple A, yeah. What's well, the, the state of the, gaming there? Yeah, not necessarily triple A stuff, but just the popular games. They don't have to be triple A. They could be, you know, indie games. They could be, you know, sort of in between things where they've got you know they're smaller games with bigger budgets or or the reverse you know stuff stuff like that but in terms of the state of gaming it's definitely progressed accessibility over the past you know seven or so years there's definitely been a progression but i still think that gaming without sight as a specific uh, element of it has been you know neglected i think mostly because of a lack of awareness and a lack of understanding that it can be done and you know, even if people know that it can be done, most people don't get how, which is, you know, why I enjoy, you know, I've enjoyed going around the world, consulting with studios, uh, talking to people with presentations at conferences, you know, writing my reviews, streaming on first Mixer and then Twitch and, you know, then putting stuff together for YouTube as well. All of that, you know, trying to show how it works. But even then, you know, with games like Forza Horizon 5, when I put that video out, you know, it was and still is the most accessible racing game as a gamer without sight. Does that mean it's perfect? No. <laughs> mm. It doesn't mean it's perfect, which is a shame because it came comparatively close. Like there were a few things that if they'd have happened and if they'd have worked, it would have been potentially fully playable. But as it stands, that's not the case. And that's the thing. There's a lot of games that could be playable, could be accessible. And they're not for any number of reasons, whether that's because the features aren't there, whether that's because they weren't implemented in the first place, whether that's because they can't be patched in, all sorts of conversations. But the good thing is there is an awareness of the need for accessibility. And, you know, that's half the battle. The awareness is there. And now it's just developers realizing that games like, you know, Last of Us Part 2, Part 1, Gears 5, Sea of Thieves, uh, you know, all, all of these games that are doing... Various things to improve accessibility in their respective genres as well. You know, God of War Ragnarok coming out in November. There's a lot of hope and speculation and intrigue around the possibility of that game being fully playable as well. I'm so looking forward to that as a huge God of War fan myself from the 2018 game. You know, all of that are things that, you know, can be discussed, talked about and learned from by developers. And I've always said, you know, whatever the latest bar is, whether it's Last of Us Part 2, Part 1, Horizon Forbidden West, um, or, you know, Gears 5, CFTs, Forza Horizon 5, any of those games and more, whatever that bar is, it shouldn't be a bar to be reached and merely reached. It should be a bar to be reached and surpassed for whatever your current or your next game is. yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what size of dev you are. You should be saying, this is where, you know, accessibility stands. Where can we take it? You know, from this point, this is the point our game has to be at. So, yeah, there's there's progression, but it, it's slower than most people would like. But thankfully, communities are sometimes stepping in as well to to help developers see, well, see the light, as it were, in terms of <laughs> <Ironically>, accessibility. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: But, but I wonder because, you know, I, I guess the time it takes for a game to develop, I mean, look, everyone's been talking about, and one game I used to play a lot was uh, Grand Theft Auto. I used to, when I, my mm. site was a lot better, and I say a lot better, I mean a little bit better than it certainly is now, um, I used to really enjoy Grand Theft Auto. I remember the days when it was top down, you know, when it was that aerial view mm. with the original. Oh, the original. ones, yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved all that. But then, of course, it, it evolved and it improved and all the rest of it. And, you know, I see that, you know, the new version of that, the new GTA, is coming at some point. But we're talking, you know, it's been years since the last <laughs> one has has come out. And, you know, obviously a lot goes into these games, and that's the whole point, right? So mm. when you talk to big companies like, let's see Naughty Dog about The Last of Us, um, it takes a long time for the accessibility to, to factor through. And, and, and do you think, therefore, that we should allow a little bit of patience, or does that actually make you want to ramp up the pressure a little bit to make sure that accessibility is included at every stage?
4: I think it's a combination of the two, really. You have to be aware that games take a long time to develop. They take, you know, two, three, four years, longer in certain cases. You know, GTA, there's, there's, you know, curiosity as to when it's going to come out (laughs) at all. You know, um, Elder Scrolls Six as well. You know, Skyrim's been a, a popular accessibility discussion topic for many years, given how many editions that game's been through as well. But I think, you know, as much as being patient is key, you know, we need to allow, you know, developers are only human you know, we're, we're all only human. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, it takes a lot to put that together, you know, in terms of accessibility. It's not a straightforward thing sometimes. Sometimes engines get in the way. Sometimes publishers get in the way. Sometimes, you know, upper management. Sometimes, you know, budgetary constraints. All sorts of things can get in the way. So acknowledging that and being constructively critical, you know, you don't want to go in and just say, oh, this game's bad. You want to say, you know, I'm having these issues when I've played this previous version of the game,
3: mm.
4: you know, th- here's how these could be resolved. You know, with with Last of Us Part 1, we'll come on to the full discussion of this later, but there were, you know, pathfinding issues when I played it thanks to a review code that I received before launch. But being able to acknowledge those and say, oh, hopefully these can be sorted out in a patch, and just saying, you know, there were a few issues, but I could still complete the game. You know, that's, that's being arguably constructively critical, you know, because you're not saying this is bad and that's it. You're saying, here's an issue I had, here's potentially how you could resolve it. But you're saying about ramping up the pressure, it's not so much that, it's a matter of making sure developers know that accessibility need, well, not just developers, but companies need to have accessibility at every stage. They need to have consultants in from the very beginning is the idea. So, you know, and and as an iterative process. Because... You know, if you don't have people in for that iterative process, you're going to, you know, have problems where, you know, you won't have seen... You'll have seen an early version of the game. You'll have ideas about it. And then that feedback might not be effectively carried forward. Mm -hmm. Or you'll see a build of the game, you know, that's very close to release. You'll suggest a bunch of ideas that could have been thought of before and might have worked really well if they had. But because you're suggesting it's so close to release, those ideas can't be implemented. So... It's a matter of having, uh, how was it? I referred to it in my lock-on article I wrote a few years ago. A worldwide pool of resources, I think, was the term I used. Um, you know, so not just hiring from local scenes or local talent. You know, I want to work as as a UK-based consultant. I want to work with people in the states. You know, I know people in the states who want to work on stuff in the UK, or, or all sorts of combinations. There shouldn't be a boundary. Just because you don't happen to be in the right place, for instance, to work on these things, because remote testing is a thing. You know, remote testing, remote work, we've seen that uh, you know flourish and absolutely. I mean, this idea,
1: this idea of you know, well, you have to be in a location for this is ridiculous now. I mean, we're all <laughs> able to work from anywhere, and actually, for the disabled community, that makes so much sense because you know we can then be where we want to be, be where we need to be. Be in a, 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 a yeah. situation, a, a location where we feel comfortable, where we feel safe to be able to perform our jobs, do them well, have the flexibility. So, you know, remote work, absolutely, right? Uh, I mean, and in gaming... Yeah, that should
4: be embraced. You just yeah. need a
1: living room and a PS5, right? I mean, is
4: that it? <laughs> oh, I don't, honestly don't know, no, but I imagine
1: I mean, it's helpful.
4: Yeah, I mean, most most probably. All you, like, theoretically, say there's a, a build of a game. Say you wanted to play Last of Us Part 1 and you have a PS5, but you don't have the funds for the game and somebody else you know does you could hook into their playstation and watch the game being played at the very least and you know be able to analyze it from that view but even then you know horizon forbidden west is a good example i've I had the great fortune to consult on that a few years ago uh, with the lovely team at gorilla and the, out of those discussions came the game's co-pilot feature so if if you're not familiar with that On Xbox, uh, Copilot is a feature where you can have two local controllers in the same room simultaneously act as one. Now, PlayStation doesn't have that as of the time of recording as a platform level feature, but Horizon Forbidden West does have it as a game feature. But not only is it local, you can actually have it online as well. So I played through the entirety of Forbidden West with a Copilot from the States. And we we were both playing essentially the same game because of the way the tech works. So it synced up so that there was basically no latency at all, which That's was a- absolutely brilliant because then they patched it in later as well. So initially you didn't get haptic feedback and adaptive triggers on the co-pilot's side, but you did get it on the host side, but they patched it so that now you both get that feedback. So you are both playing essentially the exact same you know copy of the game. It's as if, you know, I was in the exact same room. So that that's, you know, brilliant in terms of, you know, being able to remotely do stuff. And, you know, hopefully if that feature were to come to all platforms in you know a similar format where you could do stuff online, you know, as well as locally, that might even open up opportunities.
1: Let's talk a little bit then about The Last of Us Part 1, because that is the game that everybody's talking about online just now, including you. Uh, this has been developed. <laughs> by, this has been developed by uh, uh, a games uh, development company called Naughty Dog. Um, have you had relationships with them? Have you been working with them on this game?
4: No, I have not been involved with this game or The Last of Us Part Two, other than in an external capacity, feeding back post-review copy is the best way I can describe it. So, when I found issues in Last of Us Part Two during my review period for that game a couple of years ago. I fed it back to a contact and I believe some of it actually got patched. Um and likewise with part 1 I found a few issues and I'm trying to feed those back through uh via my review and also via um you know contacts I've managed to find through you know social media and stuff. But no I've never had the uh, the great opportunity to work with that that studio but I would love to in uh, you know current and future projects that would be amazing.
1: Okay. Um and maybe for those who don't know like me for example Uh, Maybe you could give us a bit of a synopsis of of what the game is and and what it's about.
4: Okay, so uh, Last of Us takes place... So there's an outbreak that happens of uh, cordyceps, a fungus that essentially turns humans into infected. Uh, They sort of lose their minds and they develop uh, unusual looking growths, uh, which then turns them into different stages of so different types of enemies essentially later on in the game. Um, But Essentially, you follow Joel and Ellie uh, across a journey through, you know, to, to get to an end goal, which I'm not going to spoil because it's an iconic story. Uh, but you follow Joel and Ellie's journey and the the uh, relationship, you know, their, their relationship as it, is, it grows, their, their sort of uh, bonding experience to each other um, after going through everything they've gone through. And, you know, any sort of situations they get into along the way you know, including very, very dangerous situations as well and uh, meeting a, a host of uh, different characters as, as they go through the game. And it's very much a post-apocalyptic uh, sort of survival, almost survival horror kind of thing, but with you know action set pieces thrown in. You'll know the game, if you've been around popular culture long enough, you'll have known that the game came out in 2013, originally on the PlayStation 3, then was released a year later as a remaster on the PS4, neither of which had enough accessibility to be playable without sighted assistance. And now this game brings through the accessibility features from part two, uh, which had a a slew of consultants, including Brandon Cole, Steve Saylor, and uh, a host of others as well. Morgan Baker, I believe, worked on it too. Um, And those accessibility features were brought in along with new elements like audio description uh, for cinematics, which is phenomenal, because it means you can now actually follow the story when you uh, can't see it in the first place. So, uh, yeah, but in terms of a general synopsis, it's just you follow Joel and Ellie through their journey to get to their end point, which I'm I'm not going to spoil because it's mm, no, very much... It. Ev- yeah, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to because even though I knew the story, I still thoroughly enjoyed playing through it. I, I knew the story through pop culture and just through watching gameplay videos on, on YouTube many, many years ago and over the years just soaking in all of it because I didn't think I'd get to play it. And now, of course played through the entire game and really, really enjoyed going through it firsthand.
1: I want to play in this this video that we found on YouTube. This is from the company Naughty Dog themselves who developed this game. And they talk about the work they've done on accessibility. And I want to get your take on the fact that they're discussing it publicly and the fact that they are making this, you know, making a big deal of this as, you know, they absolutely should. The fact they're talking about it is really interesting. Here's what they had to say on YouTube. Stop them. Don't let them into the to some extent the principles behind accessibility are good universal design principles so thankfully we're able to think about okay well if this information is only available on screen well then it's not accessible to a blind player or if this information is something you only hear
2: Joel. There's a guy up on that second floor right
1: there. It's not accessible to a deaf player. One of the frontiers that we've pushed on the most uniquely is vision accessibility. We have navigation assistance. We have this enhanced listen mode that lets you scan for enemies. And that suite of features enables the gameplay to be played by players who are blind and have low vision. I think that's something quite remarkable in the video game space. There's not a lot of games I've seen do that. And the feedback we've gotten on that has been incredible.
3: As she surveys the apartment, her eyes wander to Joel. She steps past the couch. He wears the wristwatch Sarah gifted him, which now has a cracked face.
4: All sorts of people in the past wanted to play our games and just couldn't. They just had some limitation that didn't allow them to play our games. So it's really exciting that people have all sorts of limitations, cannot jump into part one and, again, seamlessly transition to part two because they share those same award-winning accessibility features.
1: So, I mean, there you go. That is, uh, you know, the features uh, that they have brought in. We And we'll talk about those in more detail in a moment and how they've impacted you, Silas, and how you feel about the, the gameplay with these accessibility features they brought in. But first, you know, there is Naughty Dog, the company. They are actually talking about this publicly, putting that video out there. How important is that?
4: That's huge um, because, you know, sometimes accessibility features get revealed through, you know, leaks and things. But having a publicly uh you know available video from the company firsthand instead of it being through you know an external publication having it be from people who've worked on the game and expressing the virtues of it of just how important it is to them to be able to get these players involved you know players like myself players who have other disabilities as well who might not have been able to participate in the first game at all you know that that is massive and i feel like a lot more companies should be embracing that the the sort of publicity around accessibility, you know, the the positive impact of it, because, you know, if I see a video like that, I will gladly just retweet it and say, Hey, there's a, there's a video here talking about it. Unfortunately, the ending shot of that video, as far as I would say, just from guesswork, it shows the accessibility features to an extent, the menus and things, but of course, there's no actual clarification that that's what it shows. Um, because there's just the audio there so it's interesting how they the only reason i was able to find out what accessibility features were in the game uh you know other than of course seeing it in my review copy later on was through looking through the playstation blog post that was then put up alongside this video rather than being able to say oh there's these features in these menus but i understand of course that putting accessible videos together can be a challenge as well if you've not necessarily done it that much before, yeah, although so in, might, fairness, been...
1: in fairness them, they did put out the trailer as well for the game, uh, which we would have played in, but it's a little bit graphic for our audience <laughs> perhaps. So Indeed. So we thought we'd maybe hold off on that one. But the but the, the fact is that they did get that audio described and they did put a little bit of audio description in there, but I'm guessing that was to demonstrate the audio described capability of the game rather than yeah, the uh, description than... in the video, which is... Um, <laughs>
4: Yeah, but the good thing about the trailer, uh, I, we should mention as well, the trailer was simultaneously released with audio descriptions. So there, some studios have been putting trailers out, but they've been slightly late. That's because, you know, they're getting used to the workflows and stuff. I totally understand that. Much like with making accessible videos, that's not necessarily an easy thing to get used to if you've not done it before, or if you're, you know, just adjusting to the need for it, for instance. Mm. But with that, there was definitely a push. I remember seeing a comment from one of the people who, assisted on it on twitter saying that you know they'd pushed for a simultaneous release and that's big as well because then you can both you know say you know me and a sighted person we can both see the trailers launched and it's like oh let's go and watch this and then there's like there's an ad version let's go let's watch this and you know we can both watch it together and be like yay this is cool this is hype this is interesting i want to you know i want to <laughs> buy this game download it whatever yeah and it's all because you're both sharing that experience
1: Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about gameplay. How have you found it using these features, using all of the tools that have been given? I mean, how let's let's get into the practicals here for for our blind audience who might be interested in playing this game. You as an an official blind game player, right? You're the you're the guy we turn to here. Um what's your take on it? How are you finding playing the game?
4: I'd say if you've played The Last of Us Part 2, you will kind of know what to expect. The combat feels a little different but that's understandable given you're playing as a walking powerhouse <laughs> namely Joel. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but it, it does, there's, you know, issues that were in part two. So not being able to tell story items from, you know, like uh, non-story, so resources, let's say uh, from story items, you know, that's, that's an issue that still persists. Uh, there's a few pathfinding things that I discovered in my review, but hopefully they can be patched out and a few things with, checkpoints or things like that but uh, the fact of the matter is i've played it start to finish beaten the entire game uh with you know in within about 15 hours which you know is shorter than the first game but it's it's a good length it feels well paced the audio description's good it's in both the base game and the dlc which is fantastic so you can play well i say dlc the expansion chapter left behind which was included with with this but, you know, the fact of the matter is you'll love it because it's, you know, it might not be perfect in terms of the, you know, issues that are currently there, but those are relatively minor. You know, I'm currently doing a playthrough on Grounded, trying to get through it. The hard, the hardest difficulty in the game and to Platinum the game, which I managed to do on launch day, thanks to having early access to the game in the first place, thanks to PlayStation and Sony and Naughty Dog for, the, for that review code. You know, being able to platinum it with very minimal assistance for, I think it was two or three collectibles and two or three optional conversations, which are, you know, really small things in comparison. And they're they're just in obscure places and you have to be looking at very specific things sometimes to hit those, you know, that's a great start in terms of being able to find those and and get that sorted. You know, it would have been great to do it all myself, but I've really enjoyed being able to go through the game on my own terms, you know, challenge myself, have a have a fantastic time with a story that so many people have taken for granted for the last decade or so, well, nearly the last decade. And if you haven't played The Last of Us Part Two, then start with this game and you won't be disappointed because the game will walk you through what to do and, you know, the tutorials will help and you will hopefully be able to get past everything, you know, on your first run. But you, you, yeah, if you've not played a game like this, and even if you have, I would highly recommend picking this up.
1: Cyclist, there are so many topics we could talk about. You've got to come back on again soon because you know we've got so much we could talk about. I mean, you've got that Go XLR there. You've got all kinds of <laughs> fancy tech I wanted to talk about. Uh, we just don't have the time today, but please come back again soon. Promise me you'll oh, come gl- back.
4: Gladly. I, I will I will gladly do so. And who knows, might be able to come back for a God of War Ragnarok episode if that game proves to be as uh, fruitful accessibility-wise as it's looking like it might be.
1: Sightless Combat, thank you so much for being with us today on Double Tap. It's been a great show today. Really interesting topic. Uh, gaming, I mean, who'd have thought talking about gaming on Double Tap? But there you go. Uh, clearly that shows how the gaming world is becoming more accessible to us, which is absolutely Fantastic. Uh, that's it from us today. Keep in touch with us. Email feedback at AMI.ca. You can call that number one 803 4567 That's one 803 4567 Or you can find us across social media at Double Tap on Air. We're back tomorrow. Listen daily from noon Eastern on AMI-audio or search for
0: Double Tap in your favorite app. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
3: Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.